Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Bottled Up, where again we are recording late at night because that seems to have become the pattern here for me, and take that as you will, but that's what you get, and it means I get the episodes out early every Saturday, so you can wake up, have a fresh cup of coffee, should you drink it, and listen to your favorite podcast that is that starts with the letter B, maybe. Possibly, who knows? I don't know how many podcasts you listen to that start with the letter B, but hopefully I'm your favorite of them. That's what I, that's what my goal is. So this is coming right after the Truck Series race. I think that's going to be like the general plan is I cover the Truck Series race, give some thoughts on the Xfinity and Cup races coming up. That's probably going to be like the, the schedule, and I know I'm still finding my footing here. Uh, with this show, it's sort of a work in progress all the time. It's always I'm always trying to improve it, always trying to be better at it. So, if you have any recommendations, I'm going to start doing this at the start of the show now. I think if you have any recommendations, feedback, or anything, just tweet it at me. It's at Bottled Up Radio on Twitter. That's where I am most. I'm on Facebook, but I use Twitter a whole lot more. So, go figure. Tweet at me there. Helps me out a lot. Let me know what you like, don't like, whatever. First and foremost. Uh, our weekly Anthony Alfredo update, <laughs> our favorite guest uh, on the show. He finished 18th in the truck race. I think he ended up being like two laps down just to some late race screwery. I don't really even know what happened. I was I was racing at the same time the race was going on, so I was watching and racing and everything else. So, I don't know. I think he was uh, two laps down at the end just with strategy and everything else. Still, a great run. He led some laps even. Uh, he stayed out at the end of stage one, led some laps, and just overall had a really great, solid run, so I'm really happy for him. He says, you know, he had a great time racing it, and he's really happy. His teammates, uh, Natalie Decker, finished 13th, and Ryan Reed in number 17, finished 9th. So, all in all, a really good day for DGR. As anyone could probably guess, Kyle Busch won the race. I think he actually set the track record in qualifying uh, in his first lap. I'm not sure if he had a faster second lap, but, so he set the track record for trucks at Las Vegas at his home track. Second place, Brett Moffitt with a great run. Matt Crafton in third. He had some damage, I believe. Uh, Friesen in fourth. Burton in fifth. Harrison Burton. Creed, Gilliland, Todd Gilliland, not Dave. Uh, Sauter, Reed, Chastain rounds out the top ten. And like I said, Natalie Decker, who's been another guest on the show, was in 13th. She had a great run tonight. And in 18 was 18th, excuse me, was Anthony Alfredo. In other racing news, boy, people were really not happy. At all. Well, the drivers were not happy, I should say, with the qualifying, with the new aero package and everything else. And it seems like every week that fans get upset it's NASCAR responds with, oh no, that wasn't the aero package. That's not the aero package. Well, supposedly now this week, it is the aero package. Last week it didn't have the aero ducts. I don't believe it had the uh, the brake ducts going into the brakes. So, or maybe it did last week, I'm not sure. But there was a change with the aero ducts for ducks, not like ducks the animal, aero ducts, um, going... From Atlanta to Las Vegas, there was a change, so it was kind of crazy mayhem absolutely all over the place for uh, qualifying. I believe a lot of teams didn't finish their lap, and there was confusion as to how laps were being scored. It was really just all around. NASCAR had their way of handling it, and it seems like the teams were 
given a different message. So it seems like the teams really didn't know what was going on until it was too late. So a lot of drivers were really unhappy with it. They were saying it was just craziness out on track. It was almost, you know, dangerous. That they were trying to wreck cars, it seemed like. I believe Kyle Busch had some strong words about it, as he usually does with these things. He usually has a pretty strong opinion. But he seemed to be very outspoken that, well, this is, you know, we're doing this only for the fans, and we're doing what the fans do not want, and not what's best for the sport, is what he was implying, I believe. And love or hate the guy, I mean... He's always going to be opinionated on these things. I think we need to take what the drivers say with a grain of salt because they're going to always do what they believe is best for their team personally and to help them win. But also at the same time, what works for one driver probably works for some of the others too, as long as it's not actively, you know, hurting another driver or, you know, built to hurt another driver and hurt in the sense of perform less, you know, perform below their maximum potential not physically hurt them but who knows uh they're always going to have their opinions and perhaps what they think is best might actually be what's best for the sport and it becomes a question that i think about often that matt weaver put to me which was is this a sport or is this entertainment because if it's entertainment then that's a completely different thing. Then that's where we start getting into scripting things like WWE, where it's scripted events and everything else, and someone higher up knows what's going to happen at the end. And that's not what NASCAR is currently. I don't think anyone really thinks that these races are rigged. I don't think anyone with much credibility really thinks these races are rigged. There's some crazies out there on Twitter that say NASCAR has some secret radio channel with the drivers that tell them when to shake it up and start making crazy passes at Daytona and all that. And unfortunately, those people have the platform to spew these crazy ideas that ultimately push, I think may push possible fans that are on the fence, maybe push them away a bit, which is unfortunate because NASCAR, I mean, I never would have gotten into the sport if it weren't for really... I would say, pretty accepting fans. It's hard to find fans that are pushing away new people like, oh, you you young kids don't know racing. Stop watching this and that. I mean, they have, older generations have their opinions, for sure, absolutely, but it seems that NASCAR fans are very inclusive. And when you go to a race, if you happen to camp out, like I, usually when I go to races or when I did go to races before, before I was working as a journalist, you know, I would go up with my my parents and brother, and we would camp out for at least a day or two. And at night, when all the racing's over, it's really just a party. And you can walk up to really any campsite. They might be cooking something. They'll offer you something, whatever. They'll throw you a drink or whatever. The fans, it's a really close-knit community. And I think sometimes some people that are just a bit off their rocker, let's say, to put it kindly, that have these just absolutely wild conspiracy theories that are sort of pushing away these fans and make those possible new fans feel like, well, they're, it's the fan base is a whole bunch of crazy, so I don't want to get wrapped up in that, which is unfortunate, but I don't necessarily think one bad apple spoils the bunch in this case. For every one bad or crazy NASCAR fan... And I say bad, that's a pretty opinionated thing to say, you know, labeling people good or bad based on how they view the sport. But I think I'm getting my point across and enough that people understand what I'm trying to say here in that 
for every one quote-unquote bad fan fan that may be pushing away other fans, possibly, there's about a hundred others that are there to answer any questions, to welcome people with open arms, and try and convince them to root for the same driver, of course. You know, a Chase Elliott fan, if they see someone that's sort of brand new into racing and hasn't chosen someone yet, they're going to start talking about Chase Elliott, and you can't blame them, because I would do the same thing about Jeff Gordon back when he was racing, and I sort of do the same thing with William Byron and Anthony Alfredo at the start of every episode. You know, that's kind of a thing. I realize that, and a bit biased, maybe, but again, this podcast is something to do on the side to get a more personal look into the radio show side of it, where if I'm covering something and breaking news and all that, I, I tried to do my best to stay unbiased. That's the whole point of a journalist. That's really the the job, is to be unbiased and, and state things as they are. However, with this side podcast, which is just sort of something I do on the side, really, that's the best way to put it, I think it's a bit different. And I've said it before, I'll say it again a hundred more times, yeah, I grew up a Jeff Gordon fan, and if there's a good story about Jeff Gordon, I'll probably cover it. Granted, there's not really many bad stories about the guy, I don't know many people, except if they're, maybe uh, they grew up watching Dale Earnhardt, I don't know many people that really dislike Jeff Gordon strongly, and really there's not much dirt on the guy's name. There's not really much dirt on many NASCAR drivers' names that really sticks for a long time. There's been certain instances, Kurt Busch and his ex-girlfriend, that was uh, quite an ordeal. But at the end of the day, things seem to have moved on, and I mean, granted the whole story was made up, but and proven false in court. However, he had that bad rep. He's overcome it. He's adapted but that's a whole other can of worms that's probably best to stay away from. In other news, this cup package is, like I said earlier, it's the final product, it looks like, but it's got a lot of fans really excited, and I probably was a bit harsher on it than I could have been in some of my previous podcast episodes. If you go listen to other episodes of Bottled Up, you'll hear I was pretty harsh on it, and I will be honest. Uh, We hadn't really seen it on track and we did some testing. There was a lot of testing at Auto Club where the Xfinity cars were faster, and I kind of rallied that point home pretty hard that these Xfinity cars are faster. How can we put these the greatest drivers in the world in equipment that is slower than you know the, the league to bring these new names up? Because that's really what the Xfinity series is seen by most people as as a training league. You know, it's it's the AAA baseball team. You know, it's the Pawtucket Red Sox, the AAA team. And the Cup Series is the Red Sox, you know, what would be the quadruple-A team or the MLB. And most people see it as that, and that's really how it's treated, where you go, and in the case of William Byron, you win a championship in the Truck Series, you move up to Xfinity, you win the championship in the Xfinity Series, you move up to the Cup Series. Now you're racing at the top level. That's what you do. You just move up the ranks. And I was pretty harsh on that in that the uh, the Xfinity cars were faster. I used that as a uh, pretty almost repetitive point to drive it home. And I've said before, if I'm wrong about this package and it produces better racing, then I will apologize and I will come out and say I was wrong. I'm not quite sure on it yet. I'm not fully sold. But I am feel- I will be honest, I'm feeling a bit better about the racing than I was. And I think, to be fair, I, I have to say that. I have to say I was probably a bit too harsh. I probably called the shots wrong. And I'm hoping that this racing is better. I haven't gotten the chance to talk to any drivers about it yet. 
I'm hoping to do that soon. Probably Corey LaJoy would be great to talk to. Uh, Anthony hasn't driven a, a cup car, otherwise I would ask him. But once I'm at the track next, that's going to be the main topic of conversation. And those drivers will have talked about it for months, and they'll probably be sick and tired of it. Tired of it. But I think it's important to talk about. So, who knows? With this racing this weekend, this is, quote-unquote, the package, the new package. So, we'll see. Another thing I wanted to bring up is it seems like the Fords have not had the growing pains that I expected them to have. I was, uh, I came out, I said, I don't know how well Ford is going to do this year. They're defending champions, you know, Joey Logano won the championship, Stuart Haas was dominant, and now they're completely changing it up. I don't know how dominant they're going to be. I could be wrong, I could be right, I think... If they were running under last year's package, I will say this. If they were running under last year's package, I think that they probably would not be doing as well as they are. But now with this new package where it's evened out, it's hard to just run out front with the lead and get, you know, a five, six, seven second lead. It's harder to do that, so it keeps the cars closer together and bunched up. Plus, with how much information is being traded among each, you know, the manufacturer teams, they're helping each other out a lot more. I think in the past couple of years, it's become a lot more identity-based of you are a Chevy driver, you are a Ford driver, you are a Toyota driver, and you sort of stay with that manufacturer. Regardless, it seems like with this new package, they've been able to excel and compete and and win with, uh, with other cars, other manufacturers that perhaps were, you know, last year... Jeez, I really can't talk. That last year, Chevy lacked. They went to the ZL1... They couldn't get it done, and it just overall was a pretty poor season for Chevy. But now, here they are. They're having a pretty good year, I would say. They've definitely come back. They've definitely turned things around. And it's overall come, you know, running much better for Chevy. And Ford isn't even really having that gap year of poor performance. Now, Ford performance, poor performance. They're not having poor performance. They're having Ford performance. Say that ten times quick, then host your own podcast and tell me how easy it is to do <laughs> saying that ten times fast. Anyways, regardless, uh, another team that I want to talk about in the as I sort of start to wind down here, another team that I want to talk about is JTG. Uh, JTG Darty Racing, and I might have butchered that name, but nobody really seems to know how to pronounce it correctly, so... If I'm wrong, and you do know how to give the quote-unquote correct pronunciation, tweet it at me, at Followed Up Radio on Twitter, follow me at, while you're at it, who knows. <laughs> um, but, boy, they have been running really, really well. Ryan Freese was running up at the front, I believe, off the top of my head. He had a 7th or 8th place finish in the Daytona 500. He was running top 10 uh, all day at Atlanta until... This is Ryan Freese. Up until uh, B.J. McLeod turned into his box a little late, and Ryan was looking down at his tack, and we're not going to go into, you know, putting blame anywhere on that, but it was a very unfortunate incident. Took Ryan out of the race, which was which stinks. I grew up watching Ryan Freese race down at Stafford. Last summer I worked on cars that competed against Ryan Freese, and, you know, he's really something you are always considering. It's, where is that car? Where is Ryan? And how is he doing? What's he doing differently? He is really, really an incredible driver. And now that he's up in the cup level, at really, what is the perfect time with this new package and a team that maybe couldn't really compete last year, but this year is running up front top fives. I really think, not only will Ryan Priest be Rookie of the Year, I think he could seriously win a race or two. 
He, we know how good of a driver he is. There's no doubt. He killed it in the Xfinity Series running for Joe Gibbs Racing. I seriously think, and this is my bold prediction for this week, that Ryan Priest will win a race in 2019. Write it down. I'm saying it at 12.18 a.m. on March 2nd, 2019. Jeff McConey, host of the Bottled Up Podcast and the Bottled Up Radio Show on Wiley Radio, is saying Ryan Priest will win a race this year and be Rookie of the Year. I hope I'm right, because personally, I would love to see that. Like I said, I grew up watching him race. I think he's just an incredible driver. But, hey, who knows? I'll, I'll know by November if I'm right. And if I'm right, awesome. If I'm not, I'm sure he'll win next year. He's definitely got a good career ahead of him, and I'm excited to see it. And I'm excited for that team. They seem to have picked him up at the perfect time, and they are running. They have gone from a mid-pack to, you know, maybe low to mid-20s to now, like, top 10 contenders. That's pretty impressive to do in a season. In one season, they've turned it around. And I cannot wait to see what they've got, what else they've got to do. Chris Buescher there as well. I think he's a great driver, and I can't wait to see how they do. And finally, to really uh, wrap things up, uh, to mention Anthony one last time, I'm going to hold him to it. I am not positive if he's going to uh, to hold up his end, but we did discuss if he won a truck series race or I won a race in the league that we both race in. You know, he races when he can't, when he races, excuse me, when he can, and, you know, when he's not racing actual trucks. And we, we I was in the trucks tonight in that league, and he was obviously driving trucks out in Vegas. And I ended up winning that race in, under. it ended up being under caution, but it was like a last, last lap, really, uh, incident that I managed to weave my way through. And so I ended up winning that race. My first text to Anthony was, hey, man, congratulations on leading laps and, you know, doing well in that race and everything. By the way, I won the race, so you said you'd wear a fire suit if I wore my fire suit first time I won. So if you don't watch Anthony's streams on Twitch, I'll probably tweet it out next time it's up and he and I are racing together. But he and I will probably both be in fire suits. It's probably going to be hot. It's probably going to be a little miserable for both of us, but it'll be fun. So there's that. Uh, I want to give a small shout-out on the side. I run a race team here at Purdue, as probably all of you know by now. I mention it almost every week. But we picked up a couple more sponsors, so I'm absolutely through the roof. So if you don't follow Black Sheep, Black Sheep Purdue uh, is the local affiliate for me because I live at Purdue and go to school here. But the social media company Black Sheep, they are now sponsoring the team. We are very, very close to another deal that I'm working on that I won't mention quite yet. But I personally have one of their products. Absolutely love it to death. Helped me win this race tonight, hint, hint. And so they're looking to join the team. And this is on top of Martin Vintage shirts, martinvintage.com. Go buy some of their shirts. They are absolutely awesome people. Use code WILEY, W-I-L-E-Y at checkout for free shipping. That helps out this race team. Uh, and, you know, it's free shipping. How could you possibly say no to that? Great prices, great people. Absolutely love working with them more than anything else. They're a sponsor for the team. Greystone Inc. helps us out a ton. They covered some of our equipment costs earlier, and it saved us. They bought us a set of tires, a new seat mounted and installed, some extra p- bits and pieces that we needed. Those guys 
absolutely saved us earlier when we needed it. And they were our first ever sponsor for the team, and they are sticking around for the second year, and I hope many, many more to come. And Froyo Express, if you're here on Purdue's campus, down in the uh, bottom floor of 3rd Street Suites, there's 3rd Street Market, and in the back of 3rd Street Market is a frozen yogurt machine. And they have two new flavors, strawberry and cheesecake. You can mix them together or have one or the other. I've not had a chance to try them yet, but I will soon, and... I, I love their frozen yogurt. It's really good. But they help out the team a lot, too. So that's Black Sheep, Greystone, Martin Vintage, and Froyo Express. Love those guys to death. They help us out so much, all those teams. But, you know, to sort of wrap things up here with this episode, watch more trucks. Watch Anthony Alfredo because he's a great guy. Watch the Cup race. It's going to be really good this weekend, I think, with this new Arrow package. Take some notes on it. Tweet at me at Bottled Up Radio. Again, watch more trucks. And thank you again to everyone that listens. I appreciate it more than I can ever say, and I say it every week, but it means so much for every single one of you that listens. I, I check the stats constantly, check to see where people are listening from, if there's any constant repeat viewers. Just know I do see you. I absolutely love it and appreciate it. So thank you guys so much for like well over 1,500 plays the podcast gets like 60 plays a week, which may not sound like a lot, but to me, that means 60 people are hitting the play button every week to tune in and listen, and that is absolutely awesome. I think it's great. Thank you guys again so much for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bottled Up on Wiley Radio, and I hope you'll listen in next week.